Okay. Who better to talk about tonight than our blessed mother, Mary? Uh, so that's who we'll be talking about. If you have a question about Mary, what we believe as Catholics about Mary, uh, why we believe what we do, uh, we want to try and answer them tonight. So if you're watching on Facebook, please feel free to leave your question in the comments below, or you can text your question to 516 9082234. Um, once again, if you text your question in, you will be anonymous if you want to be. Um, so again, you can text your question into 516-908-2234, or again, you can leave them in the comments below. Um, but again, I'm going to bring my co-host to talk about Mary, and that is Sean. Sean, how are you tonight? I'm doing great, and I'm really excited to talk about this topic this week. You know, Mother's Day is coming up, and and Mary uh, is probably the, the model of that for us as Catholics. So definitely very excited to get some of the questions that we have lined up and hopefully hear some from the audience as well. I, I know that people have some great questions out there, but in addition to that, we have great topics of, uh, uh, you know, great discussion lined up as well. Um, but again, we can't talk without the man himself. It's his podcast. So Father Brian, how are you tonight? I'm all right. How you doing, Lorenz? Doing well. Um, your friend, your friend, Father James, bailed on us tonight. Yeah, I know. And he just got a better offer. Somebody, somebody, somebody offered him a meal, and he just, he just stabbed us in the back. No Listen, surprise, no surprise at all. That's uh, that's better than what Sean said before. Sean said that he didn't study up on his Mariology tonight. So. <laughs> Whatever it is, that's fine. Uh, right. But it's not like we didn't weren't able to get a guest, and we we got a great one for you tonight. Um, so the, for the first time on the podcast, we have Teresa Lucasio. She works here in the vocations office here in the Diocese of Rockville Center. Um, so Teresa, thank you for coming on. You've been uh, involved with the Catholic Church for a good amount of time, um, even down here in Long Beach for a little bit. Uh, maybe take a second and introduce yourself. So again, world uh, Beach Catholic world. This is a uh, Teresa. So thanks for coming on. Hey, everyone. Thanks, Lorenz. Um, yeah, so my name is Teresa. I was involved in uh, St. Mary's um, youth ministry. Feels like forever ago. I mean, <laughs> I was involved for about a year and a half doing the religious ed program. And I mean, that's basically, I mean, I don't want to discredit Jesus, but that program really made me fall in love with uh, doing doing ministry and just being involved in the church. So after that, I um, accepted a job as a youth minister out at St. Pat's in Smithtown. So shout out if any of them are listening um, and just fell in love more and more with that. And, um, and just grew in faith too, you know, through just the kids and the people that I met. And then that job eventually led me to um, work in the vocations office with Father Sean Magaldi. So here I am on the Beach Catholic podcast. So it's great to be here. Thank you. And, and that goes full circle too, because Father Brian um, used to be in vocations as well in his previous life. So that's uh, again, full circle, which is great. Um, so we're going to be talking about Mary tonight. Once again, if you have a question, put it in the comments below, or you could text your question to 516-908-2234. Um, again, we could talk about Mary any week, Sean, but Mother's Day week, uh, this is the perfect opportunity to do so, don't you think? Yeah, I, you know, I was thinking about that. And there are so many like Marian feast days throughout the year. But this one is like, we get to celebrate Mary plus all the other mothers uh, out there. So I think, um, I think this is the perfect opportunity to, to talk about it and, and to remind all of the, the sons or the daughters out there that it is Mother's Day week, and you need to pick something up. I know I'm kind of guilty of that right now myself. So um, but yeah, let's go forward. How about Father Brian, we'll go to you first. And maybe 
do you want to just try to approach the idea of why Catholics call Mary our mother? We know that she was Jesus' mother in the Gospels, but why do we all call Mary the Blessed Mother? Hmm. Well, I guess, uh, yeah, you, know, you mentioned the gospel first, um, you know, at the, at, the foot, at the foot of the cross when it was uh, Mary and, and John, uh, you know, John, uh, Jesus said to John, this is your mother and uh, then said to, to Mary, this is your son. So I guess on one level, just uh, from a scripture and, you know, at that moment, like in a sense, she, she sort of became uh, uh, by extension, I guess, uh, mother, mother to all of us. I mean, there's also the teaching of the church, you know, uh, just some very, very, you know, sort of significant dogmatic teachings of the church, which highlight you know, the incredible importance of the Blessed Mother. Um, I also wonder sometimes, is it uh, beyond kind of what we're, we're, we're taught uh, and even beyond what we read in scripture, like, is it just sort of an instinctive gut, gut thing where we just, we just, we so connect her to being mother. Um, and on, again, like, uh, you know, almost like an adoptive mother, you know, we've all, we all have mothers and, you know, we're, we're grateful for our moms, but she, she just has this sort of, uh, I don't know, kind of a, a complementary or additional maternal uh, power. Um, you know, I was, I got, I was thinking about this the other day. I got in a car accident about two weeks ago and I got my, uh, my car got totaled actually in Long Beach. <laughs> I know. First time I heard of that. So <laughs> I hope you're okay. It seems like you're fine. Yeah. Well, I, I was, um, but I got really slammed. I mean, the car is history. Um, but I, uh, I bang, you know, the, uh, yeah, like the airbag went off, uh, the window shattered. Um, and I didn't really get hurt. I heard my, my neck was bothering me. And, uh, so that night I called my mom and I just told her about the accident and, uh, you know, how I was feeling. And then, and then for like for the next three days, I think I got like two calls a day. You know, I'm 54 years old and my mother is calling me, asking me about, my neck, like she's, you know, she's just thinking about, she's got like, I'm on her mind. And um, it's just an awesome thing. It's just such a, you know, uh, you know, my dad died a bunch of years ago and I loved him and he was amazing, but I just know my dad wouldn't have been thinking about my neck the way my mom was like, you know, in the course of the, the day, he would have said, I wonder how he's doing, but there's just another level. And, and again, I, I, I think it's a, it's a maternal thing. Um, so, I think most of us get it from our actual mothers. We, we understand that. And I just think there's sort of this, I don't know, is it kind of like this extension, this extended mother thing that we just naturally gravitate toward with the Blessed Mother? So, it, I mean, it's perfectly said, because I think you're, what you're saying is that it goes both ways, right? The way that we adore our mothers here is the way that we adore Mary, or we should. Right. Uh, but, but you know, that, that goes both ways. She cares about us in, in more ways than, than we would ever know. Uh, before we move forward, a, a couple of things. One, you know, I think we could all say that we're very happy to hear that you're all right. Um, number two, I don't know the size of the gate that you just opened to let every parishioner know that you got into a car accident a couple of weeks ago. 
<laughs> so, just uh, just be prepared for um, some things coming to the right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. There also, um, the one thing that I did want to ask you, because we are talking about our perspective on Mary as Catholics, of course, uh, but not every Christian feels the way uh, that we do about Mary. Uh, one quote that I heard, which I loved, was uh, for Christians who don't view Mary as their mother, like we should, um, they're orphans. Um, so if you want to speak to that really quickly, Father. Well, I just think it's, it's you know, there's lots of reasons to be grateful to be Catholic. Um, and there's one of them just because you're right. You know, all Christian denominations don't don't see her on the same level that we do. And, um, you know, everybody, everybody doesn't have everybody. Everybody's mother isn't the same. And people who have. Uh, an objectively great mom. I mean, how lucky are they, right? They're luckier than other people who don't have, you know, an amazing mom. Well, kind of similar maybe with us. Like we're, I just look at it like we're lucky to have as Catholics, this uh, just, you know, unique relationship and opportunity to have a relationship with Mary. Something to be grateful for. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's funny. I think, you know, we've mentioned on here before that maybe the, the Catholics don't always have the best view or the best knowledge on biblical scripture, or, you know, the, the words of the Bible. Yeah. But, you know, that's where we draw it from. We hear, you know, Gospel of John that at the, at the foot of the cross, you know, Jesus says to, to John, the beloved disciple, behold your mother or woman, behold your son. And from there, it's like. Jesus commits Mary to all of humanity and commits all of humanity to Mary. And mm -hmm. right, right then and there, we kind of see that moment happen for us. Teresa, I want to, I want to go to you for a second. Uh, can you go into a little bit your own relationship with the blessed mother? Um, obviously you've worked in you know, youth ministry and now you're working in vocations where that's extremely important um, for you and for all of the, the men and women you work with there. So can you speak a little bit to your own relationship with the Blessed Mother and maybe how that's changed over time in your own life? Yeah, sure. And I think that's that whole question is like, it's great in itself because um, it just shows that like it didn't start out perfect. You know, like when um, when Jesus gave Mary as our mother, right? Like the whole world changed. And when I became, you know, really into my faith. Um, you know, you fall in love with Christ and you're like, oh, I have to follow Christ. I have to follow Christ. And then this figure comes in the, in, into play and you're like, oh, the blessed mother. Um, she comes in, you know, kind of sly. Um, but my relationship with the blessed mother didn't know it didn't start off as, um, didn't start off as hatred, but it also didn't start off as, you know, anything, anything spectacular. It was just, it was just, you know, lukewarm, I guess is the right word to put it. And, um, and over time I, I came to know that she was, she was defending me, guarding me and, um, like God kind of coming after me. Um, she was protecting me in ways that I didn't really realize. And I only found out that, um, through prayer. And it, one of those avenues was, um, learning the, the great prayer, the memorari. Um, I love that prayer. So if you could look it up, uh, all you listeners out there, if you don't know, it's a great prayer. Um, it explains Mary as, oh, clement, oh, loving, oh, sweet. She is so sweet. You know, she just kind of comes in our life, takes tender care of us. Um, and it was through that prayer that I kind of realized her qualities. Um, and I started, you know, 
saying the rosary a little bit more, learning more about her. And I realized that she wasn't just this perfect woman, right? Like, um, I feel like it is somewhat hard to relate to Mary because she's seen as this perfect being um, without sin and she's the mother of God. So how can women kind of look to her as a role model? And um, it was hard to relate to her at first, but then I think growing in prayer, um, specifically the memorari and the rosary, um, that I got to know that she she wasn't fighting for the spotlight. Um, she just wants to push us to the light. It was like that, that whole kind of um, humbling experience of just getting to know her was great through prayer, so. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, prayer, prayer is everything, especially when it comes to the Blessed Mother. Uh, I do want to talk about prayer in a little bit. Um, but again, if guys, if you have any questions out there, um, you can leave them in the comments below on Facebook, uh, or you can text your question into 516-908-2234. Uh, again, the number is 516-908-2234. Um, so Father, I'm going to go back to you, you know, just going to flat out ask why why go to Mary with prayers in the first place? Well, I think, um, I guess one reason is I think if, if, if we give, if we, if we reflect a bit on, on her, you know, on her life and what we know of her life. And, and again, maybe a little bit, you know, Teresa was, I think alluding to this, like a little bit more of a, um, less sanitized, concept of Mary. I mean, um, meaning like, I, I think, well, here's an example. Um, there's a, uh, a painting, uh, of, uh, Mary It's called the Annunciation. So it's, you know, it's a portrayal of that moment when the angel appeared and, and told Mary what was going on and what the plan was for her. And, um, it's written or was painted by this guy, uh, Harry Tanner. Um, he painted it around 1900, but if you Google it, it comes up very quickly. And, um, what I love about it is it's, uh, so often like Mary portrayed in art, like she's this queen. She's oftentimes like almost like in a palace. She's in very like kind of splendid robes. I mean, she's, she's, looks like a royal queen. And, um, I mean, that's got its place. I think, you know, certainly Mary is, 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 is a queen, but again, I think sometimes that imagery, it just separates her from us, um, or it can. What I love about this painting, it's, it's Mary and she's sitting uh, on the edge of her bed. And the way that the painter, uh, the artist, he, he, the angel is just portrayed as sort of like this light, like kind of this glowing light. Uh, kind of in the corner and she just uh, she's wearing like she kind of looks like a peasant she's there's no nothing royal looking about her at all she's not in a palace and um, it the look on her face is the best part of it she just has this like what has just happened look like she looks it's a combination of scared it's a combination of confused um, like this is just I don't know what this means and uh, and she looks like she's about 15 years old or something. So it's like, she's a kid, she's scared, she's confused, she's alone. Um, well, who isn't, who, who, we all are that. Like, we're all confused 
at times and we're all scared and we're all alone. And we, moments in life, we're like, what the, what the heck just happened? Um, and I just think like knowledge that, that's why I'm grateful to this artist or, or when Mary is represented or presented that way, because it's like, I can relate to that. Like I, can, I find it harder relating to a, you know, a queen in a palace with servants running around. Like that's not my experience of life. So, I mean, kind of to answer your question, I think like, you know, what would be a reason to go to Mary in prayer? Well, because she, she's been there. Like she, she's, she's experienced probably a lot. If I don't know, say you took like the, the, the five things that if you survey people, it's like, what are the, what are the five most prayed for things or requests in the context of prayer? I'm sure they all have to do with like, I'm scared take away my fear. I'm, uncertain make this bring about clarity here i'm i'm alone like make me feel less alone um you know mary can speak to all of those things so she's just somebody who can relate to our lives i mean yeah we sin we trip and fall in ways that she didn't but shy of that like man it's you know, we we can we can we can all have the same conversation. Uh, we can have a conversation with her that she will get, and 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 I think a response from her that we will get. Right, I you know as you're saying all that, I'm just picturing like kind of kind of what you said. A lot of the time, we picture Mary as this queen of the universe, like with the crown and you know all this kind of stuff. But being able to see her in that, in that artwork and just being like this simple girl who accepted this major act that changed, literally changed the world. Um, and all the human emotion that gets wrapped up in that, it's, it's incredible. You know, I went, uh, I mentioned last week when uh, Father James was on, I think it was, yeah, it was last week when he was talking about uh, the trip we did, the, the, the pilgrimage to the Holy Land. Yeah, we were talking about the uh, demonic possession. Uh, but when we went, uh, the first day we, we, we were there, I think I might have even mentioned this a while back. Uh, the first, we, 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 once we, once we, like, the first full day in the Holy Land, we went to a couple of sites, but they were kind of like, they weren't even really gospel faith sites. They were more historical, like uh, uh, remnants of the, of the Roman Empire and uh, secular places. I was like, ah, you know, I didn't really care much about that. I think it was the next day is when it kind of just blew up. It just hit me in the face because we went to the, uh, the Church of the Annunciation uh, where, where, well, where the Annunciation happened, where they believe Mary, the church is built over what they believe to be Mary's home. In fact, you can, in the church, you went to this huge church and uh, they've kind of preserved this sort of like cave-like area where they, you know, they think to certain, some degree of certainty, this is it. This is where, this was her home. And, and I literally remember thinking of that painting that I was telling you guys about, like sitting there and looking like, man, like I wonder, <laughs> crazy stuff. Like, I wonder where her bedroom was. Like, I wonder, I wonder where this angel appeared and what she did when she got up and like, where did she go when, after this happened? And um, just the, uh, the humanity of it was, uh, was just a great, it was a great experience. Just being able to be like, and this was a, she was a person. Like she was, 
well, she was what we, you know what we've just been saying. There's just uh, there's something very real and very powerful in that. Yeah, I think uh, her being real and her being a physical historical person is is huge for us as Catholics, and um, especially I think for women. I think this is, I want to kind of gauge Teresa's view here. I know she mentioned she might have incorrectly attributed this line to the Memorare instead of the Salve Regina. You know, she I guess she isn't totally brushed up on her Marian prayers, but um, yeah, she mentioned that line from the end of the Salve Regina, "O loving, uh, O loving, O sweet." Oh, I see. Oh, Clement, loving. Oh, Clement, oh, loving, oh, sweet Virgin Mary. Thank you. Yeah. You're better than I am, apparently. So, um, he without sin cast the first stone, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Love it. Well, um, to me, those are like three of the traits, not certainly not all of the traits, but three of the traits that maybe women or mothers are, are trying to aspire to. But Teresa, do you want to talk a little bit about maybe as a woman, seeing Mary as a model for womanhood and motherhood and kind of everything in the same vein as that? Yeah, sure. Um, so we see Mary as Catholics, you know, as, as the new Eve, right? Um, and she's the perfect model of womanhood and, and motherhood too. Um, it, it brings me back to this like story. I'm, I'm thinking about just relating Mary as our mother, just what a crucial role that is. Um, and I was in the mall one time when I was about three years old and I'm walking through the mall or whatever. And I, I lose sight of my mom and I apparently went in the elevator and went up to the shoe department on the third floor by myself as a three-year-old. And I was just beside myself crying hysterically. Don't know where I am lost beyond belief. And then I see sight of my mom. Like I, I don't have much memory, but this one was vivid. Being separated from her um, was, it was, it was bad. Um, so, and I think the same holds true with Mary, you know, um, she is just so, she's our guardian. She leads us closer to her son. And, and just as a woman, seeing her as, as perfect mother, perfect woman, um, it gives me a great amount of hope that um, someone who is human could be so good um, and could say yes to God so perfectly. And it, it gives me hope in the sense of, you know, I could do that too. I can, I maybe can't be perfect. I wasn't immaculately conceived, but um, you know, she gives us those instances of hope where do whatever he tells you. She says in the Bible, those were her last words. Like, okay, that's something to cling to. I can do whatever he tells me. Um, and she does it simply. She doesn't do anything really complex. Um, and just, yeah, that, that, um, just her simplicity really kind of strikes me as um, the best quality of her womanhood and uh, motherhood. You know, I think, um, this is so simple on one level, but you know, sometimes the simplest stuff is most compelling. Like she just did it right. She did things right. And, uh, you know, we're always, or we're often faced with circumstances in our own lives. Like when we, I got to make a decision about something or remain committed to something or, uh, you know, and we kind of live in this culture, which is this compromise is almost the norm. Like we just, you know, you kind of just, you sell out, you surrender, you know, ideals or it's also personal. It's all subjective. If it's cool for you, great. If it's not, no problem. And, you know, we, we know that. And 
spend five seconds on a college campus and, you know, you, you, it's just, you can't escape it. Um, you know, and she was somebody who just, like she really, she, she, she did it right. And I just think even if you look at like, so whatever the it is in our circumstances, in our lives, when, you know, when you are tempted to just compromise something, you know, I just think even very simply then, like to just to go to her in prayer to be like, you know, keep me strong here. I'm, 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 I'm getting tempted. I'm, I'm just thinking of giving up on something that I've, that I've been committed to. And, and, uh, you know, she didn't sell out. She, she never sold out. And I mean, I think like, that's a great prayer, especially, well, for all of us, but especially for young people, like to just be like, you know, for that to be a part of, of help me not sell out. Mary, help me not sell out. Um, help me stick to what, what I know is true and right, particularly when it seems like everybody around me has sold out. Um, I think that's, uh, I think that's huge. I think, I mean, I know for myself when I'm trying to better myself or trying to, you know, improve upon something, calling on Mary or praying a rosary or something along those lines, it really is a game changer. You know, I can, I can pray to God and pray to Jesus directly hundred percent. That's still efficacious. That's still great and valuable. He is God, obviously, but there's something about going to his mother, right. And, and kind of what Teresa mentioned, the wedding at Cana, where you can go to Jesus and ask him to do something, or you can also go to the person who's closest to him, who kind of literally carried him into the world. And, and you know, we received the Eucharist and we received Jesus physically Mary carried Jesus for nine months and then delivered him and then spent her life with him and then, you know, spent the end of her life worshiping him. So none of us can know Jesus like Mary can. And no, none of us can get to Jesus heart more effectively than Mary can. Um, and to that point, and kind of to the point you were talking about, Father Brian, um, Lorenz had mentioned at the start of the show that Teresa is now working in the vocations office for the Diocese of Rockville Center. And you also served, you know, in addition to you being a priest, you also served as the vocation director for the diocese for a number of years. So um, I, I want to get both of your opinions, but I'll go to you first, Father Brian. What do you, you know, maybe for your own vocation or for the vocations of the men that you worked with as they were discerning priesthood, what role did Mary play in that? How important is a relationship with Mary as you're uh, discerning that and trying to keep your own vocation strong? Well, I think it's real important in terms of, um, you know, when you, when you just think of, it, well, when we talk about vocation, you know, the words that you, you, you kind of toss about are like calling, call and plan. Um, you know, what is God calling me to? What is God's plan for me? And, um, you know, Go back to that image of that painting, you know, this this teenage girl sitting on the on the edge of the bed, like she probably had well, she, we already know what her plan was. I mean, she was she was ready to marry Joseph. Like she was just gonna she was was probably a humble plan. It was wasn't probably very exciting, but it was a life that she was pursuing. And then it gets completely like my car two weeks ago, kind of like broadsided by something completely unseen, unexpected. And it's God saying, I got a different, I have a different plan for you. And, I, and I'd like you to surrender yours to mine. 
Um, I mean, that's totally the, uh, again, as, as, as all of us who are, who are baptized, we, we, need to, we, we need to do that, I guess, in a very kind of particular way, like when you're talking about vocations, church vocations, priesthood, religious life, you've got, again, you've got like all these other cultural influences sort of saying, no, don't do that. Like, or why would you do that? And then there's this something within, I, mean, I used to say this all the time to guys who were discerning, like if this question, this thought keeps coming back to you, ask yourself where that's coming from. I mean, it, and it's like, uh, it's like often like the tide, like it, it, com- it comes in and then it, it leaves for a while, but if it keeps coming back, is that God's way of speaking to you, you know? Uh, for, yeah, well, right. Is it God's way of speaking to you? And I guess the important part of that is, am I willing to surrender? Am I willing to surrender? Um, and this isn't just a, a church, you know, talk to a couple right after they get married when they realize, yeah, I, I no longer just think about, can think, I'm no longer thinking for one. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, in the plural now, there's another person to be considered. And then, man, when kids come along exponentially that I think, rea- I think I'm told reality hits where it's like, it's just not about me. Like I'm not in charge. I'm not in charge and s- surrender. Like I guess surrender is kind of an important concept. Um, but she did, she did. We should. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's funny you mentioned your car accident and you mentioned how your mom was calling you so much. And, you know, for guys discerning priesthood, they're talking about following in the footsteps of Jesus and what is, what is following Jesus, uh, but kind of like putting yourself as a son of Mary and the mom's going to keep checking on in on her sons, you know, mm-hmm. so whether it's guys thinking about priesthood or guys who become priests, Mary's there checking in on them. And uh, that relationship is so important to keep up. Uh, Teresa, I want to get your opinion too, and particularly like, yes, in the vocations office, if you have anything that you wanted to add to what Father Brian said, but also the fact that you yourself are preparing for marriage, you're engaged, and whether or not Mary plays a role in that discernment process as well. Yeah, I'd like to speak to both of those things. Um, They're both very prevalent in my life, really. Um, So I I was just like jotting some things down as Father Brian was talking because things are just rolling now. When I see like, or talk to guys who are in the seminary, I'm in contact with them a lot. Um, Like two things come to mind. Like as, as a woman, I feel like somewhat protective over them. You know, I'm like, I don't want anyone to like hurt them or or whatever. Like I get like pretty defensive. I'm like, are they okay? Are they okay? (laughs) Um, So I think Mary has that kind of mindset with us uh, as our, as her children, you know, like, are they okay? Are they doing okay? Um, And just thinking back to like all the greatest saints, right? Like um, they all had a devotion to the Blessed Mother. So I feel like all these um, men who are uh, discerning the priesthood or anyone really discerning um, their call for their life, what God's asking them to do, um, that being close to the Blessed Mother is so very crucial in in what Father Brian said, doing it right. Um, So I think of St. Padre Pio, I think it is, um, who clung to his rosary as like, as 
like demons were attacking him, all these inside forces who were telling him not to do it. Don't, don't grow close to God. Don't do this. Don't do that. Um, it was the rosary he called as his weapon and it can really defend any, um, any evil in our life. So just, just meditating on the fact of, um, you know, guys discerning for the priesthood, they need to know, um, how to be spiritual fathers. Well, they need to know how to be spiritual fathers by learning about the most spiritual mother there is. And that's the blessed mother. Cause in reality, they're marrying the church. They need to know her ins and outs. So, um, and a big part of that is getting to know the blessed mother. So, um, I just think being close to Mary and discerning God's will in your life are two, two things that can't, they can't be without each other. Um, and just when I think about preparing for marriage, um, you know, I think about like just finding your Joseph, right? You want to find the right guy for you. Um, how, how silly is that? Right. But as a woman, you need to grow deeper in prayer and, and learn just like Mary did about, about God. Um, so that's, so you're able to learn more about yourself. So you can be fully yourself with the other person. Um, because like in reality, I'd be living a lie. If I like was about to marry Dan, I didn't fully know myself and how I can love him deeper. Um, so I may be going off on a tangent here, but just Mary as that role uh, of just getting to know God um, helped her to know herself more and to know the mission of the church. Um, yeah, I don't know how to wrap this up, but <laughs> that's, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> no, that, that that's that's perfect, Teresa, because uh, I mean, what you're basically saying is as you get to know your future spouse, uh, you know, you want to let Mary, you know, you want to open your mind, you want to open your heart, let Mary and God into the process, right? As these young men uh, discern priesthood, uh, they need to open their hearts. They need to learn the church, like you said, as much as possible. Um, Mary is a big part of that, right? I mean, Pentecost coming up, the, the apostles gathered around Our Lady and she was present for the birth of the church. So yeah, you, you got you got to get to know her too. Um, you know, we'll move on to our next topic. Um, I just do want to say something out there. I know that the connection is a little a little bit spotty out here, both video, audio as well. Um, just a reminder, everybody, if if it really is uh, unbearable, uh, know that we are recording it. We are going to be uploading the video as well as the audio and podcast form and, and the video uh, onto Beach Catholic TV and, and the Facebook page. So uh, bear with us uh, if, if you're still out there. Um, but, but Sean, let's talk about it. Um, nothing is an accident at all. Uh, God chose Mary, right? It wasn't any, many, 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 God chose Mary. Uh, let's talk about why, Sean. Yeah, uh, you're right. Nothing's an accident. You know, God has his hand in everything that happens in creation. And he did choose Mary. Um, but yeah, why, why did he choose Mary? Father Brian, can you uh, give a little insight on that? We know that, you know, it, it didn't happen that Mary said no. But what made it so special about Mary that God uh, chose her to deliver the Savior of the world? You know, I don't really know. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I mean, if you part of, you know, uh, why did he pick her? Like, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. So I guess it's a good question. I just never really thought about it. What do you think, Sean? Yeah. Um, I mean, if you don't know, I don't know, but 
I will say that I've heard uh, a couple of different things about it. And, you know, one of the, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but one of the things is that Mary having had free will definitely could have said no. And that's kind of like a terrifying thing to think about in, in the scheme of salvation, right? That God selected this woman to deliver the savior of the world that was going to deliver me from my sin that I was definitely going to do. Mm. And she didn't say no, but she could have. So I, I don't know. I, I'm like, I'm not an expert in that kind of theology at all or any kind of theology really, but um, to, you know, it makes you wonder, did, did God have other women that he may have asked in the past or other women that he could have asked, but none of it really matters because Mary did say yes. Well, you know, I, yeah, I, you know, why are like kind of the previous topic there? Like why are, you know, why are some people called to one vocation and, and, and others to another, you know, why does a, a bunch of siblings grow up in the same house, have the same experience, same parents, same experience of faith in church. And, uh, you know, Three of the four are married with kids. One of them, one of them becomes a priest or, or religious. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think there is a, you know, and, and, and even the whole questionnaire, the free will question, but also the fact that she was without sin. There's always there's the, sort of this speculative aspect here where, well, if she was perfect. If she was perfect, then how would she, you know, she never would have said no, right? You could argue. So then in some respects, do you take credit away from her? Because, you know, it's like, because she was perfect. Um, it was a little bit like, you know, you know, the humanity divinity question with Jesus. Um, now, Mary, we're not talking about divinity, but, you know, her, uh, her lack of, you know, original sin and her sinlessness doesn't make her divine, but it does make her different from us. You know, so it's just, it's, it's, well, hey, with a lot of this stuff, it's like, we know certain things, we're taught certain things, and there's also just an area where it's like, you know, some people tend to focus more on, you know, I do, you know, when, for whatever reason, my personality, where I, who I am, like, I, I, I find myself in the, this image of the 15-year-old sitting on the edge of the bed, like the human, the, the, the human, the human aspects of her, of her life. Um, other people would, would go, go somewhere else, which is a valid place to go to. Why her, though? I don't know. You know, look like. Yeah, I mean, maybe the answer is as simple as God knows the heart of every human being because he created them. And he knew that Mary had the capacity to have a simple enough faith to just say yes to his will. I mean, maybe. I think for me, like how many, how many things in my life do I think God is drawing me towards? And immediately my, I lash back is, why do I have to do that? Mm-hmm. But what do you want? What is the plan for that? How am I going to get by if I'm doing that? And it's not always the case that it's just a simple yes. And it's very rarely that case. But right. he had the, the willingness and the faith to just say yes. And that opened the door for everything else. 
Yeah. Well, you know, I used to, talking about when I was in vocations, um, you know, at times I'd, I'd have conversations with, with a guy who was discerning and uh, he'd talk about one of the challenges he was facing was the reaction of his family, which in some cases was like hostile, like ag- aggressively uh, opposing the prospect of this guy pursuing priesthood. And, uh, and ultimately, I wouldn't say this right away, but ultimately I would say kind of try to be respectful about it. I'd be respectful to, to, the, to the discerner, but I'd say, you know what? It doesn't, it, it doesn't matter what your mother thinks about this. Like, um, it doesn't matter what your best friend thinks about this. And it doesn't even matter what you think about it. You know, if you really want to go kind of hardcore with this, like, what does God want? Like, it's, it's great in life when what we want is on the same page as what God wants or what my, your mom wants is exactly what God wants. Well, it's a home run. Then it's like, there's no, you know, you're making the, everybody wins. But when like somebody you love, somebody who loves you says, I want you to go this direction. I want you to make the left turn. And God is saying, no, I, I want you to make a right turn. You have to go with God. You know, I mean, you don't have to, but God's way is always the right way. Um, and yeah. Sorry. No, yeah, I, I'm... This this part of the conversation is so fascinating because it's uh, it's not necessarily where I thought it was going to go, but I think it's great. And Teresa, I want to kind of gauge your opinion too. Even you know whether or not you're saying yes to the priesthood or to religious life or to married life or even just trying to follow God in your own life, it still requires you to have the courage to say yes when His will comes to its to, comes to head in your prayer. Um, I want to, I want to get your take, you know, as a, as a young adult or any kind of experience, a lot of people coming out of college or, or going into their twenties, they want to, you know, maybe do something a little bit more secular. That's going to lead to more status or a higher salary or, or maybe, uh, you know, anything along those lines. And you're taking a wrap going down ministry and working in a vocations office and things that are really serving the church and helping to establish the kingdom here on earth. What challenges come with that? And, and how do you kind of resolve to keep saying yes to God in that? Well, what's coming to mind is just hearing you and Father Brian kind of go back and forth is um, like that, that word of discernment, right? I kind of hear that all the time in the vocations office to discern, to really, um, I guess for, a bit, for lack of a better word, um, like kind of meditate on what God is asking you to do. and sometimes it aligns with your own will. You're like, whew, this is, this is what I wanted all along, you know? Um, or it kind of doesn't, and it doesn't sit with you well. Um, and not going to lie. Sometimes when I think about working for the church, I'm like, this doesn't sit right. You know, Long Island is expensive (laughs) and it's, it's, it seems like a grim, um, future up ahead. Um, But then when I really sit and think about it and discern, um, just as Mary did, um, it brings me this great peace, um, knowing that I am a part of something greater, right? Um, I am 
I mean, sometimes it doesn't seem this way, but I am making a difference in someone's life, whether I know it or not. And sometimes that's even the hardest part of is not seeing the fruit of your labor. Like if I am, who knows, a, a landscaper, I can mow a lawn and I could see, oh, I did that today, you know, and then you could go home and say, I mowed one lawn today. Um, but sometimes when you're working in ministry and sometimes when you're working at a desk uh, like I do, you see, um, you don't see the fruits of your labor always. You always, you just say, okay, well, I did this, this, this and t today and I don't really know if I made it come to terms with God's will and um and we have to be um, keen enough to know that God is working, um, even if we can't see. That's what faith is. I mean, like believing in something that you cannot see. Um, so when I think about just being a young adult working for the church, I know I'm a part of something greater. So. You know, and I think it's also, it's, you've got to look, it's sort of like, uh, you got to look at the big picture because... Um, you know, I love talking to people who are, when you, you meet a married couple, who's just really honest. Um, they're honest about marriage and, you know, they're ultimately happily married, but they also talk about just the absolute challenges of it when, you know, the grass being way greener on the other side. Um, and and that, just, that just being life, um, that, you know, we're, the the plan that God has for us, you know, if we I think ultimately it's going to lead to fulfillment because it's the place where we were supposed to go. But in the course of getting there, like, it's just tough. You know, it's not always tough, but it, for some people it's tough often, you know, talk to, talk to parents of a, of a kid who are, who, you know, of a, like an opioid addicted 20 year old, you know, that's sort of, they've been torn, you know, everybody's been tormented by it now to the point where, you know, like in horrible moments that they don't even want to express sometimes, you know, they, they would say like, I don't, if, if he died, like it would almost be relieved. And then they're, they're, they're like appalled that they're even thinking that but like that, that's how much this, this cross is weighing on them because of this addiction has just pa paralyzed a family. Um, but like that, you know, the addiction wasn't part of the plan, but the promises made way, way long time ago, like that was part of the plan, you know? Um, and I just think like, again, it's like the trust thing, like going back to, to Mary and just in a, Sort of like, man, when it's tough, when it's, when it's difficult. You know, John Paul, John Paul II, um, I mean, well, anybody, you know, if you know a little bit about his, his life, I guess, his biography, I mean, his childhood was, was very, very tough. His, the numbers here, his mom died when he was eight. He had an older sister who died before he was born. His brother died when he was 12. And I think his father died when he was 21. So when he was 21, his entire family was, was, was gone. Um, and he, they, he said that at some point, um, he, that's when Mary became 
I don't know if it was at the death of I mean, at the death of his mom. He was only eight, so it, he was probably too young to kind of put that together. Then maybe it was with the loss of his dad and just the, the reality of they're all gone. It was like Mary became his mother in a in a, in, a, in, a, in an even newer way. Um, and just trust, like trusting, you know, one of my nephews, uh, my oldest nephew was a, uh, is a retired Navy SEAL. His name is Patrick. And um, he's a great, great guy. And uh, I remember my dad telling me, he was in Afghanistan. You know, my nephew saw, saw a lot of action in Afghanistan. And uh, he had a, uh, my father, I mean, uh, his father, my brother told me that, that, that my brother found a hat that Patrick wore, sort of like a, you know, military hat, but like a baseball hat, kind of a camouflage, essentially like a baseball cap. And, and written under the brim of the cap, Patrick wrote, uh, totus tuus, totus tuus, which was John Paul's, um, I guess his motto, which is Latin, which, which essentially means all yours. Like I'm, I'm all yours. Um, and that was, and that was so fundamental to John Paul, of course. Um, and I think I suspect with my nephew, just in the, literally in the midst of combat, just like going, you know, just wanting her to be so close to him and so in protection of him. I mean, that's very simple. But I mean, that's, again, it's like these sort of primal emotions we have. Like, you know, I think they, they say... The two, the two greatest emotions we have are love and fear. You know, think about it. Like when you love somebody, like it's what's more intense than that. And when you're scared to death, what's more intense than that? Like everything else kind of pales. There's other emotions we have and they're significant, but like being scared and, and, and loving somebody. Um, and just so much of that, so much of like, you know, love of Mary in, 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 a, in, a, in a context of sort of <laughs> desperate fear um, or uncertainty, just having her and being close to her and knowing she's, she's there, that is a gift. And we, you know, man, we, sh we, we should be grateful that as Catholics, we've got her that way, I think. I, I mean, personally, right? Uh, the, more, the more we talk, uh, personally, I'm, I'm just, I'm just thankful that, you know, my mother here on earth is still around, right? Because if, if I need anything, I can still go to her. But, you know, unfortunately, um, not all of us uh, are have that luxury, right? However, to your point, Father, all of us, every single one of us has the luxury of, of turning to Mary when we need comfort. Like 100%. Every single one of us has that luxury. Um, so... Uh, Unfortunately, our, our our feed dropped off. We are still recording. Uh, we are going to be uploading this um, in podcast form and as well as the video uh, because it is being recorded. Uh, but you know what? At, at this point, uh, like every podcast, uh, we are going to jump into our final words. Um, obviously, Mother's Day coming up. We're talking about Mary, so uh, we'll, we'll go to I'll go to each of you for your final words on Mary and, and our topic for tonight. Um, so, Sean, uh, I'm going to go to you first. So, your final words for tonight. Uh, yeah, just very simply, I really can't stress, um, how important a relationship with Mary is. And 
you know, I, I'm not always the best at upkeeping it, but there's so many awesome, awesome ways that you can work on that. Um, something as simple as saying a decade of the rosary every day, or if you want to go a little deeper, um, look into a, a consecration to the Blessed Mother. Um, there's there's a few really great ones out there. Um, I know that there, there's a, a few saints out there who have come up with them um, and, and involves like praying certain prayers daily and reading certain reflections and just committing yourself to a relationship with the Blessed Mother. Look into that for yourself. There's, there's so many great ways to connect with Mary if that's something that you want to do for your own spiritual life. Oh, that's great advice, Sean. Um, Teresa, I'm going to go to you next. Uh, before, you know, before I ask you for your final words, um, as much as we love having Father James on, I think this was a perfect opportunity to have a female's perspective uh, on the topic at hand. So, uh, number one, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you know, I hope to have you on again. Uh, and, and number two, you know, just your final words uh, for tonight and about Mary. Sure. It was my pleasure. I, I love my uh, Long Beach family. So um, it was really great to see you all again and be back. And um, I say hello to everyone who's watching and listening. Um, I love you all. Thank you for having me. Um, but it's less words, but more of an image that I kind of want to leave with the podcast today is um, I have a big statue of Mary in my room. And the the focal point of the statue is her hands they are huge and i think it's so it's such a great image um to kind of set into your mind about the blessed mother um that she's just she is constantly praying for each and every one of us and she just wants us so badly to grow closer to her son um so even if you have a either broken relationship with mary uh, no relationship at all. You have a great relationship, no matter what. Um, she is praying for you. She is advocating for you. She wants the best for you, just like um, our Lord wants the best for, for us. So um, just as we approach Mother's Day, um, cling to her, um, go into her arms and just say, um, Mary, please bring me please bring me to joy and she'll just lead us right, right to her son. Um, and just a little tidbit, um, our lady of Fatima, her feast day is next week. So May 13th. So I think it's really fitting that, uh, mother's day is coming up and that feast day is landing right next week. So, um, she's praying for us, advocating for us and loves us all very much. So thank wow. you. Amazing. Now, Teresa, thank you. Um, I'll go into my final words real quick. Um, I've got two children, two girls. I'm going to have a third literally any day now. <laughs> uh, I do the best that I can as a father. Uh, but funny enough, very early as a father, I came to the quick realization that there are just some things that I cannot provide <laughs> that their mother can. Um, granted, I think my wife, Katie, does an amazing job. I think she's an amazing mother. Uh, but what I'm really trying to say is that there is there's something that Mary can provide us that no person outside of the Trinity can. Uh, that's so important to remember, right? So uh, again, just to piggyback on what you guys are saying, she's special and, and uh, don't be afraid to, to open your hearts and, and, and go to her when needed. And uh, Father Brian, your final words. Yeah, uh, today is today is actually my mom's birthday, May fifth. <laughs> so, Get out of here. Look at really that. <laughs> Cinco de Mayo. So, if I didn't wish her a happy birthday, I 
she'd probably smack me. So, uh, although she's not watching this, she doesn't have a computer or anything, but, uh, happy birthday to my mom, to mom. Um, I, you know, I was thinking, uh, I don't think we mentioned, uh, COVID once we didn't, right. We literally didn't mention it once tonight and not until right now till now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, days of uncertainty, days of fear, days when, you know, we need to surrender our plan, our agenda to, you know, another one, you know, an unwanted one, but a necessary one. Um, you know, none of that's easy. Right. Um, and you know, who can relate. So, you know, she's the one we should maybe in these days more than ever, uh, go to, uh, go to her for the strength we need to get through these, these, these continually, uh, these days, which continue to be tough. Um, and the last point I think would be, uh, you know, women out there who aren't biological moms, um, who haven't actually had children of their own, but have an incredible, uh, maternal spirit and power and instinct. So, uh, kind of to remember, remember, I guess all women, maybe, maybe less, not, 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 not just moms, but just the, you know, we, we've talked about it a little bit tonight, just kind of like the, the, the power, kind of like the power of just uh, feminine, the feminine gift, you know, um, that doesn't, that's, you know, being actually having been a mom isn't, requ isn't required, but it's a, it's a way and it's a spirit to be grateful for, for all who possess that. Um, so yeah, happy Mother's Day to everybody. Absolutely. Um, before we end down here on the Barrier Island, uh, we all, we will be honoring all mothers this week. Um, there's a prayer list going on. If you want to add your mother's name to the list, uh, you could find it on St. Mary's Facebook page and website. Uh, again, uh, uh, both living and deceased, if you want to honor your mom, uh, check us out again on the Facebook page or the website. Um, uh, another thank you. Uh, to obviously you, Sean, for coming on, Father Brian, as always. Uh, but Teresa, again, thank you for coming on. Uh, before we leave, uh, I think you wanted to jump on for one more second, right? Yeah, I just wanted to say it was my mom's birthday yesterday. Oh, yeah? Okay. <laughs> so I think this is so funny. <laughs> um, so keep her in the list of intentions if you can. Absolutely. Wait, way to save yourself there, Teresa, because Father <laughs> Brian really made you look bad there if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but again, uh, thank, Teresa, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, Father Brian, if you want to uh, close us in prayer. Yeah, let's, let's pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Um, all of you, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, on behalf of all of us here at the beat on here uh, at Beach Catholic, uh, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, and God bless.